Hello there, Pop Pop. Hello there, Brian. <laughs> Hello there, Pop Pop. What's up, bitch? Hey, baby. Hey. Word. Hello there, Pop Pop. Hello there, Pop Pop. Hey there, Papa. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> I was told I ain't got no energy. Mm, it's like sleeping <laughs> on the job. <laughs> Hello there, and welcome to Pink Milk, your Star Wars podcast for us super fans. And those of us who are forced to listen to them. It's Pride Month, and that means we're talking to our friend Adam, who's drawing naughty pictures. Naughty pictures? Naughty pictures. Are you ready, Thomas? I'm ready. It's time to drink up. Drink up. Hello there. How are you? I am well. How are you? You know, it's the first Sunday of Pride Month, and I would just like to thank the baby Jesus for making the gays. Well, happy Pride Month, and happy Sunday fun day. Sunday fun day. You know why today is super fun? No. The kids are going to camp tomorrow. Now I do. (laughs) (laughs) We have given them off this past weekend. I do love them. But I'd love to see them busier. <laughs> uh, three boys in a house with nothing to do on a hot, hot Tatooine summer day. Oof. I mean, luckily I work in an office. Yeah. <laughs> I work in an office too. It just so happens to be in my house. <laughs> Makes for very uh, loud days. It anyway, does. the good news is they're going to camp tomorrow. <laughs> there we go. Love you boys. Love you boys. Bye. And uh, love you listeners. Just in case you're a new listener that we don't love just yet, we're about to. I'm going to go ahead and introduce ourselves. I'm your host, Brian. With hey, me Brian. As a, How hey, are you? Hey, girl. Hi. <laughs> With me, as always, is my better half and your better host, Thomas. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, there it is. You know what, Thomas? Yes, sir. You've been watching Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, it's good. It's so good. It really, really is good. I can't wait. So we're taking a break, as we said on the last episode of husband and husband to talk about obi-wan so we can focus on interviewing uh, other queer folk but uh we're going to talk about obi-wan in july and i'm very excited because um it's going to be like a recap for me you know like it when it's over <laughs> when it's over but we'll know the whole story then it's going to give a new this is true. a new kind of review i think mm-hmm. i don't know i'm very curious how this is going to go i'm excited are you didn't sound excited yeah you know it's this is my excited <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> you sound about as excited as uh, Anakin did in episode two. <laughs> I'm probably about that excited. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <clears throat> you know, before we get going, oh, um, I have to read this that someone left us on YouTube. Because it is Pride Month, also you should be celebrating other gay people. And by celebrating here at Pink Milk, you could probably head on over to Apple Apple uh, Podcasts and leave us a written review, or even just a star. But I like written reviews because I like to read them. Celebrate! Okay. 
All right, listen to this, Tom. It's very, very beautiful. Uh, Pink Milk and your community have literally changed my relationship with Star Wars drastically. I don't have my glasses on. (laughs) It's tough getting old. It is. Okay, let's do this again. I wouldn't be able to see it at all. Uh, I barely can. Okay, Pink Milk and your community have literally changed my relationship with Star Wars drastically. I've been a huge Star Wars fan since I was really young, but I've never ever found a community online or in real life that I felt at home in. My experiences as a Star Wars fan has been so isolated and lonely. Coming across, across Pink Milk and all your individual content and coming across your online community has transformed my fan experience to the point where i even though i couldn't be at celebration it was still one of the most fun weeks i've had in the longest time because i could experience it through all of you and your community now i feel like no matter how toxic and negative a lot of star wars fans can be it doesn't matter to me because i found a space that love star wars in all the ways i do and make it so and make it as fun and great as it was always supposed to be so much love to all of you and I'm so glad that um, that y'all are getting the recognition you received at Celebration because you deserve it. I can't tell you how giddy I was to watch the stream because I'm so over the moon for you. Sorry for the, e- the essay, but I really needed to thank y'all. P.S. I hope there is some way you all come to London for next year because <clears throat> it would be a green- dream come true for me. Not a green dream. <laughs> Well, maybe Binary B really loves Yoda. And, that uh, was would be, really, really nice of them. Wasn't that great? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Binary B. I'm always B. impressed that, uh, you know, at the outpouring and the sharing. I know. It's, it's very impressive. Makes it, you feel good. It does. Of course, of course, I don't think they're talking to me. Anyway. Of course they are. <laughs> oh, they are? Remember, you got a button that was uh, specifically a for me. I got a button. You did get a button. Sorry, you said it was too loud. <sighs> Don't apologize to me. Apologize to the people with either AirPods in their ears or uh, driving down the highway at 80-something miles an hour. It was the button. (laughs) Thank you for the button, though. I do love the button. And you know who you are. Real quick, though, for you, Thomas, before we get into this here interview with Adam, which, honestly, I've wanted to have this conversation about getting older as a gay man for, like, so long. And Adam Adam and I really get into it, and I'm... I really enjoyed myself, and Adam's artwork is so beautiful. But forewarning now, if you go to Twitter and look at Adam Graphite, like it's not safe for work and um, at all. But it's great. It's beautiful. Love it. Makes me very happy. Um, but what are you thinking of Obi-Wan? Like, before we get into it, we've watched uh, part one, two, and three. Well, the first episode, remember I said, I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Second episode, all right. You know how it always is. It takes a while to build up. Now the third one was rocking because, and I don't want to give it away, but obviously, somebody who we haven't seen in a really, oh, no, really you long can give time. it away. Oh, it's been out for Vader's a back. I mean, Vader, that's exciting. Yes. I grew up with him. You yes. know, so so that just makes me happy. <laughs> it, I mean, it's awesome because we haven't heard anything about him. He's been gone for so long mm-hmm. so many shows so many episodes so many movies he's just been gone for so long and it's finally great to see him i so. know and i feel like we're getting like more anakin than vader this go around hmm. it's pretty cool yeah but you know the thing that i was most excited for with vader being in this early we're halfway through and that's like stinks you, by the way 
It does kind of, but you know, rumorville is there's going to be a season two. But what's exciting to me is that the reveal of Darth Vader, you would think would be the thing they were leading towards Mm -hmm. and they plopped it right down in the middle. So what is coming? Like what's so big that it's going to overshadow meeting Vader again? Hmm. Very excited about that. Yeah. Good question. Good question, Brian. Can I call you Brian? Mm, I'd rather call me daddy. Daddy, it's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) We had that conversation with Adam, so get ready. (laughs) And uh, Thomas, we're going to come back to you as soon as this this, uh, interview, this conversation is done. You know what? I'll be here. Okay, I love it. Thank you. Drink up. Drink up. Well, hello there, everyone, and I am very, very, very excited to introduce Adam Graphite. Hello, my friend. Hello, hello. How are you? Hello. I am good. Happy Saturday morning to you, and happy Pride. We are in, what, day four of Pride? Is it June 4th? What's the date? Fourth, I think. Yeah. Fourth. The fourth. Happy Pride. Thank you. Happy Pride to you. (laughs) Uh... Are you feeling a little gayer? Are you feeling a little gayer? Um, no. No, okay. Just you know. norm, normal. Normal gay. <laughs> Just normal gay. I try to turn it up a little bit for the month and, you know, I try to um, be a little extra. It's my it's my time to be extra. <laughs> uh, you know, you know. Um, what is... Let, let's start this off with who are you for anyone who may not know who you are. Who's Adam? Uh, this today? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm an artist from uh, Philadelphia, and I draw mm. uh, comic books, which I've been doing for 30 years now. Wow. But only, uh, only, only about 10 years as a... Uh, different kind of comic artist anyway. <laughs> Let me just say thank of, you. Uh, gay oriented comics that I, that I started uh, quite, quite a f- about, about 10 years ago, I guess um, that I, I got contacted by an, a writer who asked me to draw a comic book for him, which I did um, that was published a long, long time ago. Um. And and uh, that was it. That was interesting. <laughs> but, what, what, uh, what what went on in this comic? Uh, lots of lots of graphic sex went on in this comic. Very um, nice. Okay. It, was, it was an erotic comic book. Um, but we drew the entire thing, and then the the, the publisher that that was publishing it went under. Um, the same month that we published it. Oh my so, gosh! So nobody made any money off of it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. I um, probably about ten years ago, before all of this started, I uh, indie published my own comics. Really for for a while, yeah, like four or five years. I was I 
I uh, wrote and illustrated my own books. Um, it was fun. It's really, really challenging. I mean, I am nowhere nearly as talented as you are, so it didn't really go anywhere. But it's a lot of fun. I love. I, I love comics. I love comics. Yeah, there's, there's a. It's, it's not a. It's certainly not a career for me. Mm. I have, a, I have a whole other life mm-hmm. <laughs> that that pays the bills. But uh, no, the comic art is just. It's, it's fun. Um, I've, I've met a lot of in really interesting people through it. Um, which is the reason that I keep doing it, but it, it, there's, yeah, it's tough. It doesn't pay bills. That's for sure. (laughs) No, I was lucky enough in those days and still talk to some of them now, but, uh, meet some, some people who are, who are fairly successful Mm -hmm. that you would think were like, you know, doing well. And man, it's a struggle. Like, I think unless you're one of the, like the super top, top tier people and probably not even all of them anymore. Maybe if you were around in the nineties when they were really making money. Sure. Uh, Yeah. Like if you invested well back then, they're probably doing all right. But uh, yeah, there's a few people now that are, that are doing really well, but for the most part, it's, it's through IP sales and, you know, selling things to Netflix and movies and that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, they're doing it for the love. They're doing it for the love, I think. Yeah, for sure. It's amazing. But it's uh, uh I I have a lot of a lot of friends that are, you know, uh for the for the most part gay artists that are that are working mm-hmm. in mainstream comics and uh the the schedules they work is it's it is insane. The the amount of time that they put in. Yeah, some of these <clears throat> And then depending what kind of artist you are too, like I can't imagine just one page sometimes is what 10, 10, 20 hours a page and you're trying to knock out a 20 page mm-hmm. book. And now we're doing bi-monthly releases. I, yep. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, question for you because I'm interested. I don't know if other people will, but you know, it's okay. You do a lot of pinup stuff on Twitter mm-hmm. and Instagram. Um, I, I would suggest following Twitter because, you know, Twitter allows more more visuals. <laughs> and yeah. um or you could just go to uh our our we I probably inappropriately shared a thing on, on one of our live streams because it was the greatest <laughs> thing that I've ever seen in my entire life. And um if you're a fan of the Gamorian guards, especially the hot muscle pigs, you know. Just saying, just saying there's some good stuff out there. It's my, it made me so happy. Also, my Maz Kanata Glory Hole quick sketch that you did for us was, <laughs> was everything. Um, but I, what is, what do you enjoy more, the, a pinup or, or sequentials? Um, I do more, more pinup work okay. um, just because I tend to, think more character based. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I don't do a lot of story based things. I have a million starts of stories on my iPad that I work on for like a week and then I move on to something else. Yep. <laughs> so I never yep. really finished it. The, the book that I did a long time ago was like 60 pages and it had like a, oh. It had like a deadline and it had a publisher, so it had to be done at a certain time. So it was really easy to get through that. But I get I get super distracted. That's every well, one of us creative people, right? Oh god. Like yeah. every one of us? Yeah. 
this is the greatest idea I've ever had. And then a week later, we think of another one and the other one was rubbish. That's like, yeah. I think that's how it goes for all of us. I have so many half ideas for shows to do mm-hmm. and topics to talk about. And then they just kind of sit there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's all right. It's all right. Sometimes, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, but that's the, that's the life of a creative, I think. Yep. Uh, my, 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 my day job is, is as an artist as well. Um, but, it, but it's a painter. So I, oh. I teach a few days a week, um, and then I just work in my studio the rest of the week. So, and some of those paintings take uh, two weeks to a month to finish, um, but I can get through those pretty easily. Uh, like character studies, there too, different kinds of stuff. What do uh, you do? F- figure painting, portraits, um, realist painting. Yeah. Wow! 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 So, is that where your where, where's your first love? Illustration, painting. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that I see a big difference. Okay. Um, I, I do try to keep, uh, keep them separate, you know, mm-hmm. um, stylistically this, this, mm-hmm. the stuff that I do in my regular life is, uh, super realistic, but I, I enjoy comic book art a little bit because of the exaggeration and, and the line work, you know, so that like the uh, I, I I don't particularly enjoy like painted comic book work, mm-hmm. um, just because it it gets into a weird kind of uncanny valley kind of place. Uh, so I, I tend to really enjoy that kind of uh, line work oriented comic work, um, and I try to keep those two worlds like separate yeah. from each other. <laughs> I. Especially when it comes to like comics and animation, I'm a really, really, really big animation fan. Yeah, I I agree. I like super exaggerated, like really stylistic. Like Jamie Hewlett is one of my favorite sure. artists ever, um, and it's just very unique and stylistic. And you know, maybe it's not for everybody. Your stuff is really like. Like you said, the proportions are, it's just so much, it's more fun. I think, I feel like you get to know an artist more. Maybe I shouldn't say more. That's probably not accurate. But like, I just feel it plays into the medium of especially comics and animation when you can like tell those things, you know? I I think it's one of the things I love about comics is you get to see the world that the artist and the writer sees out, you know what I mean? In a way, um, you get to see the parts of a body, like if if we're doing character work that that artist particularly likes, or something like that, you know. So they exaggerate this or whatever. It's really amazing yeah. for me. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's it's uh, the the kind of work I do and the and the kind of characters that I draw are are not 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 what you would consider mainstream. <laughs> really, oh. which is. Uh, well, 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 you <laughs> they're not they're not 20 year olds. But you and I must walk <laughs> the same alleys or something because <laughs> all I have to say is thank you. I don't know if I can say th- <laughs> I can't say thank you enough. <laughs> but um, it's it's interesting to sort of put that work out there and then uh really kind of find other people um which is which is certainly a modern social media influenced kind of place you know oh my god yeah um, if you've been doing this that really long opened it up. you've been doing this that long that's got to be like amazing for you you said you're in philadelphia which also hello des who also lives in philadelphia we love you des um 
to be able to see like your audience has had had to have grown. I don't know if you do trade shows and stuff like that where you would travel around and meet lots of people, but like, Mm-mm. I mean, you have a pretty good, you have a pretty sizable Twitter following for sure and Instagram. So you've got a lot of fans out there. Yeah. But I, I, cool. I find, you know, the, a lot of the work I do is not, it's not geared towards, and it, it's a thing that I did that I, that I run into in my, uh, in my, my, my uh, actual career as well. Um, the kind of people that I like to draw are not, especially with the gay audience, they're not, mm-hmm. uh, they're not 20 year olds, you know, I'm not, I'm not drawing. Uh, it, it's not a sort of, uh, it's, it, it's not a, uh, sort of teen oriented early 20s oriented you know yep. the stuff i'm drawing are mostly uh middle-aged and up characters and it's yeah. the same thing when i'm working at my my real job so okay. there's, there's a different market for it you know yeah. so it's a different sort of audience and and it's not one that i really expected to find um mm-hmm. until i sort of got into this and realized that there are a million people out there who have interests in different types of people yep which, which is really nice to to, to know <laughs> you know let me ask you a question mm. off of this conversation because it's something that like i find really interesting especially as i'm getting older and um from a a, a former twink <laughs> When I was in my 20s, I was, I'm, I'm short. I was very thin. I was your quintessential twink. I looked super young, um, yep. uncomfortably young sometimes when I look back on some of those things. Um, <laughs> I don't know. And that's something that actually doing this podcast has taught me because we have a lot of different kinds of people in our audience. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it's changing. I don't know. I hope it's changing a little bit. But growing older as as a gay man, and how do you identify? Oh, before okay. we go, okay. So as 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 aging gay men, there was especially earlier on such a such a focus on youth, mm-hmm. and I feel like like now that I'm in my early forties, and from the time I've been in my mid thirties, it's just like you don't exist anymore. Like it just doesn't. You just don't exist. You're not attractive to anybody. And, you know, and in gay world, like you can hit daddy, daddy status. And then you're almost fetishized in a way. Yeah. That's like, it's a really interesting thing. And I don't know if that's specific to gay culture or not, but like, you know, that's the culture I'm in. So what, how do you feel about that? Like, uh, it, it is, it is an interesting phenomenon. <laughs> um, Yeah. There, 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 there was a point that I, you know, that I definitely, uh, that I definitely saw most, most of the men that I'm attracted to are older men. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, there was definitely a point when I turned, I'm, I'm 51 now, but there, okay. there was a point when I, when I turned, I, I think it was about 45 when all of a sudden I just started getting like a million messages from 20 year olds. <laughs> it's like I crossed some sort of search threshold. <laughs> yep. It's and the really whole weird. world changed. And I was just like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's really weird. My husband's 51 too. Um, yeah. And he's definitely entered. And let me tell you, being daddy status, 
when you're also a father, let me tell you, that is something that like, that is, that is I a whole different thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, Oh, this is maybe at one point in time, I would have thought it was hot, but now like, this is just like, now it's weird. And I don't even know. <laughs> um, but that's something I'm really, I'm fascinated by is just growing older gay because mm-hmm. I think, you know, some of us at certain ages, um, grew up in some very, very difficult times where we lost a lot of our elders and we, we saw, you know, I didn't necessarily grow up in the height of the AIDS epidemic, but I certainly saw it as I was coming to terms with myself. And then a lot of the, my, my queer elders I've met when I was first coming out and like, I, I came out, moved away when I was 18. So I've been out for a really, really long time. I lost a lot of them early on. Um, and yeah. so I don't know if that's where some of this idea of the fetishizing of youth is coming from, from older people. I don't know, like the psychology behind all of that. Um, it's yeah, sad to think about. There, there's definitely a, uh, an, an influence of, of, of and particularly with men who come out later in life of wanting to relive their mm-hmm. the, the times that they missed, you know, yep. the twenties and thirties. And, and I, and they, uh, you know, I see, I see it a lot where they kind of chase after that, you know, yep. in, in terms of people that they want to date. And it, it's, it's, I mean, some of it is obviously attraction, but some of it is, I think is, uh, is that feeling of loss, you know, that they, that in particular people who come out and they're, yeah, even thirties, forties, fifties. Um, I have a friend who just came out who was in his sixties. Um, mm-hmm. wow. but, uh, good for th- him. Th- there's, there's a, there's a sense of like, what did I miss? You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and sort of being attracted to that, that stage. I can it's understand that. I can yeah. understand that maybe a little bit for sure. Um, I feel like I bring up my friend, every June on these podcasts, but I had a friend many, many years ago who didn't come out until he was 75. Really? And he was married, mm-hmm. knew he was gay the whole time, but that's when he grew up, you know, and he loved his wife and he never cheated on her and she passed. And then he felt free to come out. And it's the most heartbreaking story, but I think his, his, he spent so long in the closet that he was just felt very free and he was so happy to finally, you know, mm-hmm. be himself, but no one talked to him. Like really? Cause he was invisible. He was invisible. He was too old for, for like the gay kids <laughs> to talk to him. And it was awful. It was just awful. And he was like, you know, he found the joy in it anyways, but I know it really hurt him to, be invisible that long. You know, he was invisible when he was married sure. to the whole world and then came out and, you know, luckily, luckily when we still had him with us, we found a good group of people who really like, we took him in and, you know, we got to experience things. We would take him out and we'd go dancing. We'd do all this stuff. And, yeah. and it was like, I wouldn't say he was chasing it being younger, but it was to what you were speaking to of like, he wanted to live it to the fullest man. He wanted that life that he was, only watched from the outsides um, yeah. in which yeah. she was inside of. It was great. Yeah. There's, there's gotta be a lot of that. I, I came out mm-hmm. when I was 27, maybe Okay, 27, I think. No, so good. Almost half, yeah. almost or half your life. That's pretty like, 
That's crazy. Yeah. And and I always knew I was gay since I was since I was literally since I was probably five. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was absolutely positive since I was a child. Yep. Um, but I grew up in a small town, and there were no out gay people. Mm-hmm. You know, and it it really was. I I didn't come out until until that late because there was just no reason to. <laughs> Yeah. You know, there was no uh there were there were no gay bars that I knew of. Turns out there were a few. Mm-hmm. Um but it was this was this would have been back in the sort of mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Um and, and it was you know a small town in Pennsylvania and there were there there just weren't a lot of there was no reason to come out, you know. So it wasn't until I sort of discovered a gay bar in, in that city and finally went out and got in a car accident the first night oh I was there God. and ended up hitting a car who, who ended up being be the, the guy that I hit ended up, ended up becoming a close friend of mine. <laughs> but, uh, uh, it, it wasn't until then that I sort of, sort of discovered that there was, that, that there were other gay people in, in, mm-hmm. in the, in the city. You know, I, I worked for a gay man when I was, when I was probably 14, 15, 16, uh, at a at a at a pharmacy, okay. Um, but it was the only gay person that I knew in that entire city. That's crazy. What was your coming out experience like? Uh, surprisingly easy. Um, That's great. Yeah, I came out to my brother first. Okay, um, and, I, and I came out to him, and I, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, I think I'm bisexual." I was like, okay. damn it, this is supposed to be about me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, is he still nobody, like, that my, way? Um, is he my still brother's, My brother is still bisexual, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's been married. I shouldn't married. say still. I shouldn't say still. That sounds, you know, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, you know, my, it's, it's an interesting thing. My, my, my brother is, is bisexual. He's, he's been married three times. His, his third wife is, is very open and accepting of it. Yep. So there's there's uh, there's an outlet for that now. Um, That's great. That has to be hard. You know, we I spoke to someone is, a few years yeah. ago, our friend Scotty, who is married to a man now, and are from mm-hmm. you know, and like his, we've had conversations where the the boyfriend then would sometimes introduce him as as a gay person. He's like. But I'm not gay, and like by by invisibility <laughs> is a very real thing, you know. Like it's a very real it, thing for sure. Yeah. yeah. So that that makes me happy, and good good on his wife for being open minded enough for that stuff too. Um, yeah, and and most of his kids have have been at least by at some yeah. stage of their yeah. teenage years. Yeah. Which, which which honestly, like like there is a uh, there is there is sort of that. Uh, you know, bisexuals exist kind of thing. I have quite mm-hmm. a few friends that are bisexual, but, mm-hmm. uh, but there is, you know, I, 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 I teach at a school and I, and I work with, with a lot of, uh, not, not young people, but people in their twenties and things like that. And, and, and there is, there is a, a, a sort of, it's just okay to experiment, you know, that's happening with, with, with kids now where they're like, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll be bisexual this year. 
Yeah. You know, I love some, that. Of them, some of them change and some of them go one way, some of them go the other way. And, and, uh, there doesn't seem to be as much of a sort of stigma or, or, uh, you don't, you don't necessarily need to choose. <laughs> I, you that know? makes me so happy. I think back to when we were younger and if, if, like the the idea of chasing a straight guy was always a very real thing. Um, I personally never understood that. It was never my aim. But if someone slept with a straight person, mm-hmm. and I think back to like the nineties, for sure, they were just um, like they weren't out, and and they were really gay. But I was, I used to always just get like, I was like, but, and if you were a gay person that was ever with a woman at one point in time, you were just closeted then too. And I used to always be like, well, why can't it work both ways? If like, why can't we get to the point where someone can go, I'm not sure what I am and experiment and then figure out yeah. what it is. And I'm really glad we hit there yeah. because yeah, I think I it's a much healthier spot. Yeah. It's much healthier. It's, it's sure. sort of the, what I'm seeing, you know, and, and, and I mean, this, a lot of this comes from my, my brother's kids. Um, but, uh, but just the idea and, and granted my brother's kids have a father that's bisexual. So yeah. their, their viewpoint might be different from other kids, obviously, but, but, uh, but, but just the, just the, the fact that they have this sort of option yep. of just choosing you know what they want to be yep. and and who who they want to be friends with and I'm sure it's not that easy for a lot of people. No, and good on is, your brother for being open. Yeah. Cuz I think there's probably a lot of parents who might hide some of that kind of stuff. So my brother hides nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even sometimes when you shed one of those. <laughs> like, there, possibly there possibly <laughs> possibly myself. My older son now, especially, is like, yeah, Dad, did you, did you really need to say that out loud? <laughs> well, yes, yes, I did because I don't ever want you to be ashamed of anything. So, yes, yeah. yes, I kind of did. Right. <laughs> um, so you um, explore a lot of. Well, we we've already heard you made you've made very graphic um, comics before. A lot of your pinup stuff is um, very sexy. I. Love it very, very much. Um, as an artist, has 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 your artwork helped explore your like your sexuality? And has some of that been like the kinds of, of people that you draw? Is it is it reaffirming, you know, of your own personal attraction and stuff like that? Like what kind of stuff do you explore in your art? It, it, it is. And, and, and it, like, like I said, there's, there's an interesting, and it's particularly true with, with just, just internet culture. Like the internet is a disaster. Like we all know it's, it is a disaster, <laughs> but, but the thing that the internet has opened up is, is, is that there are so many acceptable sub subcultures now yep. of, of people that have similar interests and things like that, 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 that uh, like who knows, who knows where, or what I would be doing if, if that wasn't there, yep. you know, because there, there, there's a, uh, you know, you, you, you put things out there and, uh, and, and people respond to it. Mm-hmm. And that sort of leads to, 
exploring different sort of attractions and and different different types of characters and and that kind of thing. So def- definitely has a has a big interest on and or, or big influence on that. That's awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. The internet is definitely um, a disaster. I'm a huge fan of the band Garbage, and I think it's their third, maybe their fourth album called Beautiful Garbage, and that's just kind of what I think of the internet. It's like beautiful <laughs> garbage because there's so much trash, but then there's so much beauty in it and freedom, and like you said, the subcultures that like, yeah. there's no way, I don't, you know, I live in Phoenix, Arizona. It's a big city, but there's sure. no way that I would find all the same subcultures that I no. know exist because it's just, you know, maybe if you're in like maybe the heart of New York city, you'd be able to find some of these like worlds and that, but I even think that would be difficult, you know, like, cause there's yeah. so much stuff that has to be behind closed doors. And if you right. don't meet the right person to give you the secret <laughs> password, you're not going to get in there. It just doesn't. <clears throat> yeah. I, I lived in New York city for, for, uh, about a year and a half. Oh, okay. Um, after I left art school and, uh, and I never went anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> New York City was too expensive to go anywhere. So yeah. Life um, exists there, but I didn't see any of it. <laughs> yeah. My husband uh, is from New Jersey mm-hmm. and worked in New York City. And yeah. that's where he would go um, explore his queerness when he was younger. He'd run away to the city. And like, so I've heard some <laughs> yeah. of those kinds of stories, you know, and like, um, uh, it's just a train ride away, but a world, a world of difference, you know, like mm-hmm. I never experienced, I never experienced that when I came out, I just came out. I moved to another state. I just moved. Um, yeah. so I could just be gay and it was the best thing that I ever did. Um, yep. so I kind of got comfortable with myself before I told anybody because mm-hmm. I knew I was going to lose a lot of people. I grew up in, in a suburb of Phoenix that was very, very, very religious. A lot of my friends were um, religious, so I knew I knew a lot of them were going to go away. And yeah. so I was already confident in myself, and it didn't make it hurt any less when they left, but I think it was like the right, the right move for me at the time, because I had, you know, and yeah. then I had made new friends by that point who were gay. And- yeah, it's, it's, it was an interesting thing, you know, when I came out as well. Like, I, I ended up telling a bunch of my friends... Um, one was 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 a good friend of mine who had been my friend for since since uh ninth ninth grade in high school mm-hmm. um and he was like yeah okay that's great but but oh the 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 you know we like we used to do a lot of things together and then i came out and and our worlds just separated you know, and it had nothing to do with with him being homophobic or any of that kind yep. of stuff. But our worlds just went different directions. You know, and there's always that yep. part of you know you come out and you start meeting different people, and you're and, and you you just separate from those people that you've been with forever because they're just not in that world. Yep. You know, and it was an interesting thing. He's still a friend of mine. I still talk to him. You know, through uh, we we don't live in the same city, but through yeah. through uh, messaging and things like that now and yeah. then. Um, but we just don't see each other and it had nothing to do with, 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 with him being homophobic, you know, but it's just that the nature of coming out and and there's, there's that like dividing line in your life of sort of before and after and after you're going different directions from, from other people. 
A hundred percent. Yeah. And then yeah. just also just getting older, like that stuff happens. But then when you put something sure. like that in there, for sure, there's um, a new movie coming out that has a controversial line. I, I guess it's controversial, but I love it. And there's the line, love is love. And that's, you know, quite the saying, especially during Pride Month. Mm-hmm. And the character's like, that's bullshit. It's different. And <laughs> <clears throat> I kind of, I personally kind of live in that. Like, I love it. It doesn't mean one's better or worse than the other, but it's different. Gay people and straight people are just different. And it's, again, mm-hmm. one's not worse and one's not better, but it is very different, especially, you know, maybe as time goes, now that we can get married and we can adopt children, we can do all those things, maybe that line will get a little blurred. I don't know. Mark yeah. and I, especially on the show, talk about how sometimes sometimes I miss when, <laughs> when it was less acceptable. Sometimes I kind of miss that little, like... A little uh, bit of the club, uh, yeah. the insider club feel. I miss it. Um, that is that is a that is a big thing for for me, you know. But especially as as an artist, um, mm-hmm. like throughout history, the number of artists, number of gay artists, whatever whatever they were, theater, fashion, um, any of those things. Um, there there is a part of being a creative person that is created by the, the, the sort of pain of being in the closet. You know, I, I consider myself to be an, an, an incredibly aware person. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of that is because of growing up in the closet. You know, I am aware of what is going on around me 100% of the time. I can read people like you would not believe. <laughs> oh. And, it, it, and that, is, that is created by by living living an entire childhood of being in the closet um and and those those yeah those 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 those, uh things that that you develop that that ability to sort of see things and to just be aware of things around there like obviously that can have a detrimental effect but it also leads you to you know it's, it's i think it is generally one of the reasons why there are so many gay people in creative careers you know, because they are just more aware of things in in ways that people growing up straight don't really ever have to be aware of what's going on around them all the time. They don't have to read people. You know, they don't have to. They don't have to be aware of what they're presenting all the time. You know, I'm a fairly masculine person. How much of that is created by growing up in a small town? You know, if I grew up in a big city in a in a current in a current age, like who would I be? I have no idea. Yep. You know. But seeing that kind of go away, I kind of wonder what's going to happen to those creative people. You know, having have not not having that kind of uh life growing up in certain mm-hmm. ways and, and 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 losing some of that. A hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm so glad you shared that because I agree so much. I think, I think queer people, we have, you know, we have to do things that I think our, our, our straight friends don't have to do. And I think there's so much questioning of who we are because there's so much life in our heads before we come out. And there's so much like, what is making me, we become so self-aware of every move. Like you said, sometimes like mm-hmm. presenting ourselves one way, just 
for sheer safety for like just for safety reasons, you know, like absolutely really just starts to take hold of who you are. You know, I've, I've talked a lot about on here, like I was really uncomfortable for so long, especially when I was the little 115 pound twink, like especially (laughs) that, like I was not, I wasn't back then, you know, this is not, I'm using back then language. Like I wasn't gay enough back then, but I was too straight acting to be that gay, but I wasn't straight acting enough. And I never felt like, and I felt so pushed to be in this certain spot. And it made me so back then my anxiety was so high. Cause I just wanted to be myself. I didn't know. Like, I don't know. One day I want to sissy my walk across the thing. And then another day I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I knew how to be myself and that. And that was it. Um, and now I, you know, now I revel in that. Now it's great. Now I'm, I think when the word queer become, started becoming more socially acceptable, which sounds like maybe it's becoming less acceptable again, but like I found a lot of freedom in that word because like I, I lived under that shell of being told to be something, not only by straight culture, but then inside gay culture too, of like, no, this is the box you have to fit in, mm-hmm. which I get back then. That was how we survived too. Like we, we were still under the thumb of that kind of oppression and we just kind of accepted it and then tried to make it our own a little bit, but we definitely lived in that. Um, It's fun. Last night we had a live stream and with Kenobi coming out, we've been really kind of already looking at that show and examining like the Jedi as queer people who were once out Mm -hmm. and now they're being hunted by the government and hiding again. And like, I, I, it's really brought in an interesting way to watch that show. Um, because yeah. I think there are times that all of us have to do that sometimes in a work setting or whatever you kind of like, I don't know how to be that. I'm not that person. I don't uh, think I'll yeah. ever be that person. <laughs> it, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing. You know, my, my, my first boyfriend is, uh, mid sixties now. Okay. Um, he is still in the closet at work. You know, still lives in this in that small town that yeah. I grew up in, and and uh, and and uh, he's just, it's just he's sort of fine with it. Um, <sighs> but it's just the necessity of of growing up in a in a small, uh, red area of mm-hmm. of the of the of the of the uh, of the the state that I live in. Um, that it's just easier to not have to deal with that kind of stuff. That's it's so heartbreaking to hear when people are comfortable with that mm-hmm. because I like, I definitely understand being comfortable with that. Yeah. But the fact that we have to become comfortable with that is just right. It's awful. It's so incredibly sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I can distinctly remember being in my sort of early twenties and, and, and being interested in art um, and, and leaving to, uh, to, to, uh, I, I had joined this sort of art organization in the city and I was like, finally, I'm going to meet gay people. Mm-hmm. And it turns out there are, there are, there are no gay artists out there. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it is so straight. <laughs> oh my God. Mm-mm. I, mm-mm. so like, by day, I'm a graphic designer, and I work for, um, like, a record store chain. Yep. So, 
it's a very straight world. It's very, very straight. And sometimes I think that sometimes some of my, the people I work with think they're very open and they're not homophobic. (laughs) And then, but you're like, "Mm, mm -mm." like you can't, you can't do this. (laughs) Like you can't, do this. And I, you know, there was a point where I brought it up because it was just really starting to affect me. Sure. And I brought it up. And then of course they all turned it into themselves and they were offended that I would even say anything. And I was like that they, I would I could possibly feel that way. They were, I was like, Oh my, but case in point, (laughs) I'm saying how I'm feeling because of X, Y, and Z. And I came in with, you know, all my documentation. Yeah. And you turned it into yourself. I'm like, okay, well this is, like this is the point, and I. It's almost like your friend. Maybe I shouldn't have to feel that I'm okay with this, but part of me is like I, I know they don't think they are, mm-hmm. so I've got to figure this out. Like yeah. I got to figure out how to live with this, and maybe I shouldn't have to do that. But that's just the world, it's just the way <laughs> corporate America works, you know. <laughs> and yeah, one side I've or the got other. <laughs> Yeah, I've got I've got a husband and three kids that need my health insurance and we have retirement and all of the you know all those pressures and it's so not romantic to think about those things but that's the reality. Um yeah. but I it's I'm there and again well I know our straight listeners I say this stuff enough that they're not going to be offended but like I just like I would rather be around gay people. <laughs> and that's where I was like, we're just different. And like, I mean, I have lots of straight friends. Don't get me wrong. But like, if I had to go pick a table, if we were all divided up, like, that's just, I'm going to go sit with my gay people because that's sure. where I feel I mean, like I can. Yeah. It's more, more commonalities. It's not yeah. unusual. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the things that the show for me is like brought so much of is like, like I said at the top, like I can't believe how many straight people listen, especially to after when I'm with my husband, like it's a lot more filtered because my husband is like very proper and, and keeps me in line. Um, but the minute the four of us get on a live stream, sometimes it can get not appropriate and they're all still there and they love it. Um, and it's amazing. It's amazing. As a 40 something year old gay guy, I never thought that would ever happen. I would thought I'd always have to be filtered and my gayness would keep people away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, during pride, I always, especially now I remind myself of how lucky we are because these are, you know, in the nineties, I was on the front steps of the Capitol fighting, fighting for things, you know, and I think about all the stuff that a lot of us had to go through back then. And it was just okay to treat people certain ways. And the language was just acceptable to use. Mm -hmm. And we fought through all of that for this moment. And I try not to ever forget that, you know, because it's easy to forget. You just get wrapped up in your day-to-day life. Um, but I always try to remember that and then celebrate it. Because we, as queer people, have a long way to go. But I generally try to use June to celebrate how far we've gotten, you know? Personally. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a time... Uh, to for, for for me anyway to look back at the things that we've lost. Yep. Um, there, you know, and and, and uh, you know, I'm not married. I don't have kids, mm-hmm. which puts me in a different sort of place. But but there's a uh, 
there's there's a there's sort of a push in the past ten years or so to sort of mainstream gay people. Yep. Which to me is terrifying. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I obviously a hundred percent support gay marriage. Yep. Um, I do not ever want to be married. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, for no particular reason, it's just it's just never crossed my mind. Um, yep. but, but there's a lot of that sort of, uh, Philadelphia is actually going through that with our, our pride celebration this year, um, where the, our pride celebration used to be right in the neighborhood, Um, and it was where all of the gay businesses were and, and it was kind of celebrated as that. And then over the past, um, for sort of five to 10 years, they, they moved, they moved the parade out of the neighborhood. They moved it out onto like a bigger road and then the pride parade moved to a different location that was bigger, but it was mm. not in the neighborhood anymore. It was not where the gay people were hanging out. Um, and, and this, I guess it was maybe last year or the year before there was like a big break in the people that were sort of running the events um, and then I just mm. looked up this morning and, and this, this, this year they're moving the, the parade, which they're not calling a parade anymore. They're calling it a March now and they're moving it back into the neighborhood. And then the, so the, the events are going to be moving back in there. So it, it, there's, there's, wow. a, it's, it's an interesting sort of thing of sort of, of sort of growing up. And then they kind of moved it into a more sort of a bigger location um, and sort of get, got out of the, uh, the gay neighborhoods and it, and, and now they're all kind of moving it back, which I love, yeah. <laughs> you know, cause d- despite it being, uh, a smaller place to have, have an event like that. Um, it's, it's nicer to be in, in neighborhoods where there are gay bars and there are gay owned businesses and, you know, bringing yeah. that kind of stuff back is, is nice to see. Well, it's almost circling back to what we were talking about and speaking to earlier, but of of missing as more as as queerness becomes more mainstream, there's an element that we're missing, and some of that yeah. um, that connection and that and that that old way of being of really being with your people, you know, with being with our, sure. our queer siblings, and it's and and, and it, it's an interesting way of. You know, sort of, sort of, again, make, kind of making a break with your old self. You know, when yep. you kind of come out, and and those rules do not apply to you anymore. Yep. So the the result of that is that you have to you have to make new rules. Yep. And those might not be. They they might not be the ones we've lived with for thousands of years. Yeah, they're you know, not in the mainstream all the time. They're, they're not mainstream. They might not be closed relationships. They might not be relationships mm-hmm. between just two people there might be you know there's a lot of other options out there and 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 the the my fear with the kind of mainstreaming of gay society is that we're going to lose some of that 100% like yeah. that 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 lives in straight society too but it is like you cannot talk about it in straight society it's very like yeah. it's very behind closed doors and in queer society it's very open. We talk about all those things. We celebrate those things it, mm-hmm. it, as in broad strokes. But we and and the more mainstream we get, I agree with you hundred percent. Like I don't want to have, I don't want to have to lose that. Sure. And I I think yeah. I've mentioned before. Like 
Again, I'm in my 40s. My husband's in his 50s. We are now married. We now have three children. I don't know where I fit anymore. And we sure. moved to the suburbs because we're raising kids. So they, I want them to go to a good school. I want them to have parks. And like, yep. but I don't fit in here. I'm not straight. I'm, it's a very conservative area. I'm not super conservative <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Like, mm-hmm. and there's a tokenism that comes sometimes with, with people out here of like, oh, I know we're the gay friends. There's a tokenism with having th- three kids from the foster system. And oh, it's so wonderful. And I know people's hearts are, oftentimes in the right place. Sure. But like, I feel like it's, I don't want my children to be a token either, but then I go to like gay land and most of my <laughs> friends are like our age. They don't know anything about kids. They don't want children. You know why that, sure. why that is, I don't know, but like, I don't fit in there anymore either because I'm like, Oh, well, no, I, I, can't go out with you. It's a school night. Oh, no, I got to make kids dinner. Like, it's like just a very different life. And, you know, it's not like, and I've been in the spot of not knowing where I fit. You know, there's not a lot of, especially gay men that have families. There's just not a lot of us. And, right. And it's not the same. Most most of them that do have families have families from their past lives. Exactly. You know, there, there's, 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 there's a lot. I mean, you know, it's obviously changing, but, but, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, uh, you know, having a family as a as a gay couple is a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, I have my uh, second boyfriend has two kids. Okay, um, that were at that time only about ten years younger than me. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, but uh, but but when you know when we were dating, the, the, those kids were they, you know they were just there all the time. You know, I I yep. picked them up from school um, occasionally. Um, his wife would pick me up at the airport occasionally when I was flying in. Oh, wow. Um, you know, it was, it was kind of a nice open relationship, but, but those kids were from his marriage. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's yep. a different thing when you're sort of a gay couple and you're choosing to have kids is, yep. is sort of different from, from the straight version of that. Yeah, especially like if we had children from previous marriages or relationships or whatever it was, you know, like, they would be older. Our kids are pretty, you know, Tom's sure. 51. We have an eight year old, <laughs> you know, yes. our, our oldest is 12. So they're also younger. Um, it's a, it's a really, really, it's, it's just really, really interesting. Um, I want to talk a little more about your artwork and, <clears throat> and celebrating star Wars and queerness which we don't see in mainstream Star Wars. No, yet. we do not. Yet. I fully uh, believe that it's coming. I'm hopeful. Star Wars is all about hope, so I, I live in that. I live in that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need to see some proof. <laughs> I mean, I would love to see the Gamorrean guards um, in a three-way spit roast over Jabba's trap in a Star Wars. Don't think that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> I mean, those Gamorrean guards could, should clearly have been a couple. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, they were so I they were so hot. I was so in love. Oh my god. <laughs> so hot. <laughs> um but has you're you're clearly I would say a very big X-Men fan, a very big Star Wars fan, and this is just based on your artwork, and also a very big Santa Claus fan. So um and I also <laughs> 
I'm going to try to keep this PG-13, but I wouldn't mind that Santa sliding down my chimney anytime, <laughs> anytime he wants to. <laughs> um, I, I've, I've been attracted to men with white beards since I was 15. Really? Okay. Yeah. It's, it's just always been a thing. Yep. I, I, I have no idea why, but it's just always been a thing. You know, it's it's Let interesting you. having having you know having access to the internet now. One one of my one of my best friends is is like exactly the same as me, and we're both uh-huh. like I don't know why, <laughs> but it's been there since we were kids. <laughs> I I have always been attracted to typically older people too. It's getting. It's getting easier. I've been with my husband for 15 years. So like, <laughs> but like mm-hmm. when it created a lot of, um, body self worth stuff in my mind for a long time, I think, because like I said, I was really little, <laughs> I was sure. very skinny and I was very attracted to much bigger people. And so I think as a gay man, it was hard to find yourself attractive when you were not remotely attracted to yeah. anyone that looked like you. And then, like, <clears throat> there was also weird, like, like role play situations because I was attracted to older, bigger people that I was supposed to play this, like, certain mm-hmm. role in this position. And it always made it very difficult. So, like, thank God I found my husband because he fits every box that I need him to. And he's <laughs> hotter than hell. I don't deserve someone as attractive as he is. Um, and also really nice and wonderful and a wonderful father. Um, but yeah, I, I understand that older, bigger, like there's something. I love it. Like I, I'm with you. Like I don't know why, but that's always what I've been attracted to my whole life. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I've been a, a, a general Dodana fan since I was, Seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> Were you the only seven-year-old that knew his name back then, too? Yeah, like, probably. nobody else knows who he is? The only one that was like, where's my General Dodonna figure? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then you had to wait till, like, you know, 2002, and then you had, like, five variants of him, and, you know, there you are. There you are. You're probably not even into the toys anymore at that point in time. <laughs> oh, I, I, I still have all my toys from when I was a little kid. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I, um... I still have the ones that I played with. I have my C-3PO and Darth Vader cases. They're in the case. Mm-hmm. I had, I used to have, it was like Instagram, like 30,000 follower quality, like the amount of Star Wars toys that I had. Like it was, I had been, I was collecting for so long. Um, but then I had to put myself through college. And so. They when did go. you <laughs> first, you're younger than me. When did you first yeah. see Star Wars? Um, Empire Strikes Back was the first movie I ever saw. It was only one, so I don't really remember. Yeah. But I remember seeing Return of the Jedi in the movie theater. Mm. Like, but only two scenes. I only remember Max Rebo. And I only remember <laughs> the curtain being pulled uh from Job of right. the Hut. Yeah. Um so I grew up with Star Wars on VHS. Like that's right. really when I fell in love with it. Um what about yeah. you? Uh I, I went to see Star Wars on my seventh birthday. Okay. Um, when it was in theaters, I got my first Star Wars action figure. It was on my birthday, so I got my for my birthday when I was seven. I got a 
I think it was, I believe it was the Ben Kenobi action figure, which of course every seven year old wants Ben Kenobi. <laughs> you know what? There it is. That's where the white beard fascination came from. It's seven. Maybe. Uh huh. <laughs> Thank but, you. Whoever uh, got you that toy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, when I was, when I was seven, like I, 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 would, I was born in 1970. So like my, my, okay. my, my, the movie came out when I was uh, seven, 10, 13. Yep. Which is like the perfect age to be, mm-hmm. you know, seeing those things. But I, I collected everything from Star Wars and Empire. I had all the toys. Um, actually, just I pulled them out yesterday. They were they were in my studio when I was over in my studio okay. working yesterday. I pulled all, all all of my old figures and uh, oh my god, I love it. There's there's one that's missing because my my nephew stole it from me. <laughs> Who is it? Uh, IG88. Oh, okay. So to your nephew, it's probably it's probably IG eleven. It's probably not even IG eighty eight. Right? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> oh gosh. But, uh, yeah, I still have all that. When I when I turned, I, I left when I when I when I left home, I left all of my stuff in my father's house, and he yeah. just threw it all up in the attic. And then when I turned forty, he he boxed everything up and brought everything back down to me. <laughs> it's time, my friend. It's time, son. It's time. Take yeah. this away. So, oh my God, so that's amazing. Now I, now I have all of my old, my old, my old, uh, Death Star. Um, my, old, oh my, my God. old TIE fighter and my X-Wing and all of those kind of things that I had when I was a little kid. Oh my God. Yeah, that so has all, to be so much came fun back to me. Forty years later, <laughs> yeah, that's so that's so great. What is it about Star Wars? Like, is it your number one? Oh yeah, by far. Yeah. Okay. What is yeah. it about Star Wars? Um, I I don't know. I never lived life without Star Wars. It was just always there from from the point that I can remember remembering things. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just always there. You know, I, 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 my, my weirdly, my, my, uh, my grandparents took me to see Jaws when I was six, which was probably not a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) I still won't watch that movie, (laughs) but but that's the, that's the first movie that I remember seeing. Um, and then Star Wars was just the next year. So I don't really have, I don't remember life before Star Wars and it was just always there. Um, but I, but I think at the, really just I was at that perfect age to sort of grow up, um, sort of identifying with Luke Skywalker and sort of, um, a, a, again, like as a gay kid, mm-hmm. the, the idea of Luke Skywalker sort of not knowing who he was and, and sort of uh, having to leave home and, and, and go out and sort of figure out who he was and what he was going to be. And, and that, that kind of thing always resonated with me. I didn't think about it at the time at all, but looking back, it's, it's all there. Of course, if you grew up in a small town as a queer kid and like, you know, Luke is in a small town, let's face it, Luke is gay. So he's also a small town, (laughs) you know, who just wants out. Just yeah. wants out to answer whatever's inside of him that has been sitting there calling that he knows he can't be there and he has to be it somewhere else. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I am, I am, fingers crossed, hoping they keep Luke at the very least asexual. 
Yep. The whole Mara Jade thing never made any sense to mm-hmm. me. <laughs> that was definitely mm-hmm. the, uh, I, I don't read a lot of Star Wars comic books. I've, I've read a few over the years, probably, yeah. probably a lot more than a few, really. <laughs> but, we're going to be honest. More out of obligation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was um, working in a comic book store during the Dark Empire times with Luke and... Right, um, yeah. They've never been my thing. I'm not going to lie. Dr. Afra's kind of fun. Uh, she's yeah, a little too obnoxious nice. for my taste. They're, they're a little too... Uh, the, the modern ones are just way too photo-referenced and they're just... They're, they're a little too sort of clean. Dude, dude, serious. That has kept me out of, like, even when it was Dark Horse, it was the same thing. I'm like, I'm not... Yeah. I just... I've never gravitated towards, like, that art style. Like, Chris Boccolo is one of my favorite comic artists. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, God, I'm blanking on his name. Jose, Jose Garcia Lopez. Please tell me I'm getting that right. Who did, like, yeah. Teen Titans and did all, sure. like, the Kenner sure. superpowers. Like, that's, like, over the top and beautiful and clean, mm-hmm. but like it's not trying to be real. And but, I just, for me, it allows me to escape into it more. Um, yeah. You yeah, know, I, I, I liked uh, Stuart Eminem's run on star Wars. That was mm-hmm. quite a few years ago now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy can draw anything. Um, mm-hmm. And his star Wars worked really well because it was not overly photo referenced. Um, the yep. characters looked like comic book characters, yep. but then when they would bring in characters that were not from the movies, they would just look like comic book characters. Yep. <laughs> you know, they were all like shirtless and bulging muscles everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that that's not Star Wars. And and I feel like that a lot of the times with the Star Wars comic books that they just don't feel like Star Wars to me. Yep. They feel like Star Wars filtered through a comic mentality, and it just it they feel off for the most part. Yeah, I think like I know this is bad words these days, but like I've never liked Legends. It was never that was like when I got to the Last Jedi and you heard all the not my Luke. I'm like, no, that's finally like the Luke Skywalker that I thought he would turn into. Like he. We hear that he's going to go down a dark path and forever will dominate your destiny. And that's what happened. The Legends Luke, that was never, I didn't understand. To me, like when I would read it, they just, I, I felt like they were ignoring Empire Strikes Back and, and Return of the Jedi and just like wrote a new Hope Luke over and over and over, who is this idealistic sure. hero. Yeah. And I felt like it was just, I for me, a lot of times, some of the, the newer books, some of the higher public stuff, especially like Justine Ireland and Daniel Daniel Jose Older's books, I feel capture the spirit of fun in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like Star Wars tackles some really heavy things. Like it, it's not afraid to go into really emotional places, but it does it in such a fun way that I feel like you don't know they're talking about those heavy, big <laughs> emotional things. If that makes any sense, in the books sometimes I feel lose that fun for yeah. me for me and I love people that love the books I'm really happy for them that want more of the that stuff and I also don't like my Star Wars with too much information I think that's from one of the things that makes Star Wars so great is we all write our own stories into it I think Star Wars is a story that really invites its audience to participate in the story with it 
and bring ourselves into it and allows you to see your own Star Wars, which I think is what makes Star Wars fans so wonderful. And it can also be sometimes what makes Star Wars fans so difficult because you hear that that's not my Star Wars, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. because we put so much of ourselves into it, we forget that other people are doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so maybe their their Star Wars is different from yours, but that was by design, and that's intentional, and that's why you love it so much. For me, sure. Um, and and, and some I, people are just assholes, and some people are just jerks, hundred <laughs> percent. You know, but um, I love it. Did Star Wars help you at all exploring your queerness and coming out? Is there anything in those stories that like? You know, I I don't know that. It, you know, I, I I don't I don't think it did that much Mm -hmm. you know it i think it did influence like like i said it did influence uh sort of uh, like you can't not influence who you're attracted to and Mm -hmm. and those kind of things um but but it's i you know i just saw the other day that there was a uh that marvel is doing pride variant covers Mm -hmm. on all of the star wars books this month and I and I looked through them, and I have no idea who any of the characters are on any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think there's maybe there's maybe six of them. They're all mm-hmm. they're all female characters. Yep. And they are all from the comic books. Yep. Yep. You know, there's there's still that kind of fear. Um, even even you know, like I I uh, I. I I, I did not watch Clone Wars at all when it was on TV. Okay. Um, I was I was I was just not paying attention at that at that yeah. point. Um, but I watched Rebels when Rebels came on, and I was a big fan of Rebels. Oh, it's so good. I I, I loved it. it it's it's it, it seems to be sort of secondary to Clone Wars in a lot of people's minds. Um, mm-hmm. which I've, I've gone back and started watching, you know, like the, 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 the prequel trilogy came out, you know, I, I, I obviously I went to see all of them several times. Um, yeah. but I always had problems with them when I mm-hmm. watched them. Um, in, in just in terms of, of the sort of age that they were sort of aimed at, it just didn't fit with me at that time. Yep. Um, but then going back and watching them now and, and, and particularly watching the Clone Wars at the same time, um, mm-hmm. the, the whole the whole world kind of opens up when you, when you start inserting the cartoons in there. Yep. Um, Dave Filoni is like, please just turn the whole world over to Dave Filoni. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> he's, he's more than anybody in that in that in that company now seems to really understand what Star Wars is about. Um, mm-hmm. really, really more than anybody from my perspective, but, but, uh, I, I didn't sort of, uh, pay attention to the animated side until yeah. rebels. And obviously at the end of rebels, we get, we get, uh, we get sort of Zem, uh, Zeb and, uh, uh, Zeb and Callus and Callus. Yeah. <laughs> and to this day, there's, there's still not Canon. Mm-hmm. You know? There's lots yep. of like hints that something, but but there's but they're still not willing to like make the jump to making a gay couple canon in Star Wars. 
That's annoying. <laughs> yep. Well, it's interesting to go back. I feel like in <clears throat> maybe the late nineties and the early two thousands, like any gay representation in any sort of media was always two men. Like that's almost all you saw. Um, if there was, if there was a lesbian, it was like a fetishized version of sure. a straight man's like gaze on, on a lesbian all the time. Mm-hmm. And now, and I'm kind of happy that I'm seeing, I'm seeing the discourse getting frustrated with it because especially in Star Wars, like we're not seeing a lot of gay men being um, talked zero. about. Yeah. It's like, it's, and it, it, it's, it's, it's weird to me just because, especially when you're dealing with, with lesbian characters, mm-hmm. great for lesbians. Yep. But also plays into the sort of fetishish fetishist side of straight yep. men, you know, hundred uh, percent. You, you, you put two gay men in there and uh straight men are not going to be happy about it. Yep. Cause uh, they, can't, they can't fetishize that part. Nope. And nope. Uh, really, really, for me, until they do that, I sort of question a lot of those decisions. I have faith in Ahsoka, the TV show, to bring in Zeb and Callus. I um, think it can happen. It's possible. Dave Filoni is directing that, so yep. fingers crossed. But. I mean, there is no way... <laughs> I mean, I wish they would just explicitly say it, but come on, like they are together. There, there's no way that last shot of them together looking at each other and their arms on one another. There's just mm-hmm. no way. When it comes to the sequel trilogy, John Boyega and Oscar Isaac played them as a couple. Like to me, they're just still a couple. I don't care that Disney. I, I shouldn't say I don't care. Disney should come out and say, and Lucasfilm should come out and say, no, they are a couple. Right. But those actors played them as a couple. So when I'm watching it, they're just a couple. Like, cause sure. that's, there's, that is but you 100% have to ignore how they all them. of the other parts of that movie. Yeah, you have too. to ignore, you yeah. have to, have to ignore, ignore Rose Tico's entire plot line. <laughs> well, the entire yeah. plot line for that, for that three minutes anyway. <laughs> the way I look at it is Rose can still have a crush on Finn. Um, and it doesn't need to be given back. And, um, um, the Daft Punk character, um, Zori Bliss, Mm -hmm. I think they tried to put in a female character to somehow make Poe not gay. And, um, well, they just made him buy. That's all they did. (laughs) They just made him buy her pants. Like it doesn't negate anything that happened there for me. Like that's how I, 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 I choose to watch that because I think, I think that was the first time I was ever like mad at Star Wars. And I've had to work through that, but I think I was really mad and I felt really insulted. Um, yeah. It's, it's and, interesting. Like I've never thought of Star Wars as a uh, relationship oriented mm-hmm. story. Um, there's like, I mean, obviously going back to the, to the, to the original three. Yeah. There are lots of relationships going on in there, but they were not the focus of the story, mm-hmm. you know. And I, and I'm I'm a big fan of stories that are not based around uh, relationships. Yep. You know, it it kind of drives me crazy that every every movie that ever comes out has to have a male character with a female, you know, yep. girlfriend, and 
Like there's, yep. there's, there's no, which is why I love what they've done with Luke, you know, up mm-hmm. to this point anyway, um, that they've sort of allowed you. him to not have, to not have a, a, a an, another side, whether male or female. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I don't think they ever will. I really don't. I think that is like, I, I don't, I mean, he seems so kind of monastic. Like yeah. there's, there's, there's no, uh, it, it sort of fits his character at this point that there's mm-hmm. not going to be someone like that. And I yeah, but even in the prequels, even in the prequels, when so much of that is centered on Padme and Anakin, mm-hmm. it's less about their individual relationship. And it's about how that, in that relationship affects them and their sure. responsibilities to other people. So even the heart of that film, though, that saga, right. that trilogy, excuse me, is relationship built, but it's not really about the relationship. So I, yeah. I'm with you with that a hundred percent. And let me tell you, I am still living. I have always been a big prequel fan. Like the minute they came out, they are, they are my favorite trilogy. Like I love the prequels mm-hmm. so much and I'm so glad I get to like outwardly celebrate them now. I didn't have to crawl to the back corner of a comic shop and talk in the dark with like the one other person that also liked them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love them. I'm with you with Rebels. Rebels is so great. I'm a huge Clone Wars fan. Um, yeah. And like, I, I love Ahsoka. And I think part of that love of that character is because I watched Clone Wars from the movie and I watched it week by week. And so I lived with that character for so long and saw, like, I've been a part of her journey every step of the way. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> I put a lot of my, my, queerness in Ahsoka and watching her journey of, of slow acceptance across the board along with my like living and being more and more accepted as a gay person Mm -hmm. to the point where now Ahsoka is so incredibly popular, which I love, like I love how popular she is, but to circle it back to, I also kind of miss my secret club of being gay. I kind of (laughs) miss my secret club of Ahsoka. Um, So it's like, I'm celebrating on one hand because I never want to be that person who's like selfish of like, if I love a character or a band or a movie, I want it to as many people to love it as much as I do. Mm -hmm. But then some of that novelty starts to wear off at the same time. You're like, oh, but I kind of missed when I could only talk to like, you know, back in the day, if I saw someone with like an Ahsoka anything, you knew they were like knee deep in Star Wars. Like you knew like, oh, I got you. Because nothing's worse when you're in a store and you see someone with a Star Wars shirt on and you're like, oh, I like Star Wars too. And they're like, oh yeah, I love it. And then you start talking, you're like, oh, okay, I, you don't, I know you love it, but you don't love it (laughs) to the level I do. And I just sound like a total nerd. (laughs) But especially with Ahsoka now, because now you cannot really know anything and like Ahsoka, because she's great. So I need to find a new inside character that I can like, I see someone with maybe it's old man Rex. Maybe that's where I need to go to is Rebels Rex. <laughs> he's very sexy. Uh, uh, old man Rex is my current uh, my current love, mm-hmm. and 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 partially I think it's because there are no action figures. <laughs> you know there are no. I think uh, I feel like they made one. I think there's one. They made one really bad one. Uh huh. <laughs> it's not great. I have I have three copies of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like every Star Wars nerd, it's not good. But I have three of them. Yeah. But I don't like it. But I do have three of them. <laughs> yeah. 
I love that. But uh, there, there's a, there's a I mean there are so many like the black series figures which I I don't collect a lot of that stuff anymore mm-hmm. but I but I buy like certain things that I that I like now and then. Mm-hmm. And I I'm, I'm still like every single time they announce a new wave I have to go and look to see if there's going to be an old Rex and there's just never one. Yep. There's no callus either which I found out the other day. Uh-huh. Which that's, that seems like a a, a big miss. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the black series stuff either. And it probably goes back to that, especially now that they do like the photo, the photo stuff on there. Yeah. Like, I'm like, Oh no. Like I want like my favorite star Wars toys ever from the 2d, uh, clone wars cartoon. Like those action figures are so good. Cause they're just so stylized and different. And I'm like, I want, like a black series, something that looks like that. I want to see my rebels. I don't want to see my rebels characters looking like real people. On oh, my rebels characters look like the cartoons. I'm I'm yeah. I'm, uh, I'm I'm currently uh, working on a 12 inch, a uh, Hot Toys version of old Captain Rex. <laughs> Wait, you're like sculpting one? Uh, I bought one of them. I bought the the oh. the the sort of young Rex that I'm okay. kind of modding. I've re-sculpted the head. Oh my um, God. I love to, it to make a, so that I can make a custom version, but it, uh, it's going to take a while to finish that. that I wish I had that kind of talent. Like the, <laughs> I will buy anything Din Cobb because sure. Din Cobb is also going to be Canon. There's no way those two people are straight. They love <laughs> each other. They will be married. Um, <laughs> Just no if hands or butts about it. There's just nope. Mm-mm. My favorite couple in all of Star Wars. I love my Din Cobb. <laughs> um, so I will buy those. I do have those black series, and I have my Cobb Vance pre-ordered for what feels like five years, and I have no idea if it's ever coming out. I don't know what's going on with it because um, I don't pre-order stuff. Let's. I think it's the first and only thing I've ever pre-ordered. Um, was that? Yeah. Uh, I'm old, and I like to go find them in the store, which is also severely limited the amount of Star Wars things I have because I'm just like. Half of it to me was the fun of like finding it in the store, and you're like, "Oh my god, it's on the peg!" Mm-hmm. Um, and that yeah. that doesn't happen anymore. Um, I, I live in yeah. Philadelphia, so is it all there? Uh, I I don't go to stores anymore. Okay. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> if you go to a store, you have to move your car, and then you lose your parking That's true. spot. Oh my god! And you might <laughs> shovel snow. There's snow there, right? Snows a lot in the winter. Uh, it or does. No? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not okay. recently. Global warming See, has taken care of some of that. But. <laughs> if you had three children under the age of thirteen, you would probably sure. find yourself at the store more often. Going, I just need to. Okay, it's the house is very loud. I need a minute. <laughs> I don't know. We need eggs, right? We need eggs. Oh no, just pepper. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go buy some pepper. Um, it's very important that we have this pepper right now. We'll be back in two hours. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, you know. Okay, I want to ask one final question that I have been. Asking everyone before I let you go, because I think it's an important conversation to have because there's a lot of different perspectives on how people can interpret this. But the rainbow dollar, it's Pride Month. You see, okay, well, you don't go to stores, but if you were to go to stores, you would see rainbow shirts at your Targets, at your Walmarts, you'd see all of it. Um, And there's a lot of people with a lot of different opinions, all of which are most of which are valid and um, 
I want I would if if I would like you to share your opinion on that. Um, the idea of the rainbow dollar. Yeah. Uh five years ago I think it would have been different. You know, that it, mm-hmm. obviously like I'm I'm on Twitter. Everybody's talking about this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's everybody talks about it every single <laughs> the, the first the first week of of, of June mm-hmm. anyway. Um, but I think five years ago, I would have been a little bit more annoyed by it, but I'm at a point now where I'm like, uh, the more rainbow flags that are put in front of racist people's faces, the happier I am. <laughs> um, yep. yeah, the, the, the more, uh, the, the, the more sort of, uh, conservative things get, um, mm-hmm. the more, it's just sort of the nature of my personality. The more I want to like push back, you know, I want to, of course we're middle-aged gay men drawings that are, that are, that are gayer and more explicitly Mm -hmm. sexual. The the more conservative the world gets, (laughs) because I want to kind of push back against that. But uh, yeah, yeah, to me, obviously it's a hundred percent. They're just looking for money. Obviously, but the effect of them looking for money is that we get rainbow flags in everybody's faces and every target in every tiny little conservative town in the South. My, most of my family lives in the South now. Okay. Um, every one of those stores has shirts with rainbow flags on them. Yep. You know? So everybody going to those stores has to see those things and uh, it'll, it'll, it'll make some people happy and it'll piss other people off. And I'm, ha- I'm good with both of those. Nope. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I think five years, you know, whatever the be- before the last administration sort of destroyed everything in the country. Um, no doubt. I, th- I think my, my view of it would have been a little bit more cynical. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and a little bit more like they shouldn't be doing that. But yep. uh, at this point, more rainbow flags is, is better to me. <laughs> you know, I always, I always I don't think about buy any of them yep, same. myself, but they're out there, which yep. to me seems a good thing. I, I always try to think about like, like young you growing up in small town and didn't know a single gay person, and maybe you'd see a rainbow flag. Like, those kids that are in those towns today... Sure. ...and see that rainbow flag, and it's a little bit of a, um, I'm accepted feeling. I always try to remember that, because there is... And there's every right to be cynical about it. There's every, like, that is a very, very valid, and that's all there, and it is important to be that way. Um, but I'm kind of... I tend to lean with you. I think it's a little bit of an act of rebellion. I actually, in that rebelliousness, it's a very queer thing to say, you know what I mean? Um, And okay, maybe the intentions of the people putting it out are not that act of rebellion, but like as a consumer, I can use it as an act of rebellion, if that makes sense, you know? Um, Sure. I don't know. But yeah, thank you. I, I, I love getting everyone's perspectives on that. Um, yeah. Especially. I, I teach in a lot of, I, I, I teach workshops around the country doing portrait painting and okay. figure painting and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of them are in 
small towns and off off the road kind of places. And I'm uh, sure you see a lot of that. Um, I was I was actually just down in uh, in the middle of Virginia. I have, a, I have a good friend that lives down there now, but I was teaching a workshop there for, for two weeks and, uh, and it's in a, there's like a little isolated town. That's, that's like a haven of sort of creative, mm-hmm. creative people. And it's just surrounded by the, the reddest area that you could possibly get to. Um, the Trump most is still my president flags on their pickups. <laughs> I literally, we was driving around with this guy. Um, we were just kind of driving around the country and I came across a, I am not kidding you, a 20 foot high cutout of Trump at the end of someone's driveway. I am not joking. 20 <laughs> feet high. Excuse me as I leave for a second to go vomit. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the same areas, you know, you, like they're like it is just they're filled with Trump flags just all over the place. But then you also see rainbow flags, you know. So there are these people that are still out there, kind of fighting back. And in these areas, like it's 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 a it's a luxury to live in a city like I do, you know, mm-hmm. where where you know Philadelphia is not the Philadelphia is a fairly racist city. Um, it's, it, it's very open, but the city is still, a, it's still very divided. You know, yeah. there are white sections of the city and there are black sections of the city and, 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 and there's, there's not a lot of crossover, you know, and there's a lot of That's awful. anger for, for, for years of, of, of how people were being treated. And, you know, that, that still kind of exists, but. But still, even here, you know, we start, we come to June and, and, and I live in a fairly poor neighborhood okay. that's sort of changing at the, at the moment. Um, but, but, you know, I go outside and there's like houses around now that have rainbow flags on them. And it's, it's, it's nice to see that. That's great. That people kind of aren't afraid <laughs> to do that. They're not afraid of, yep. you know, bottles being thrown through their windows. And yep. God, that's, <clears throat> that's what I think about because, you know, we are still young. We're not that old, really, you know, 43, 51, that's really not mm-hmm. that long. And to sure. see, and we've been able to live in a time when you, you could do that, you know, but you were going to have windows and things thrown through your windows and the people that came before us that fought for us to get there. Sure possibly really couldn't <laughs> put some of those mm-hmm. things out without risking their, their lives. And um, again, I think it's a reminder. We we're just talking about this last night. Like it's, it's because of that 20 foot person at the end of that person's driveway, like things are like being in question again. And it's kind of a scary time. Um, yep. And I try my best. I try my best to be a, uh, a, uh, 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 a pink milk half half full kind of person, and I <laughs> try to live my life that way. Um, right, and it's hard, but it's hard because. And now, as a dad, I remember, you know, a few years ago, when the Supreme Court was trying to like put their little fingers out there about how 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 the culture would react to taking away, you know marriage equality again and try to figure out some way that it was actually unconstitutional. It was really scary and it was, it made me mad as a queer person 
and I was more angry. And that's still my first go-to. I've only been a dad for five years, which, you know, but everything's different now. I was like, what, like, holy F, what is going to happen Mm -hmm. with my kids if this happens? Like, what would, like, what would happen? Because we can all, like, and I share this a lot, we can pretend like equality is around and it's easy. Right. No one would believe how many adoption agencies flat out rejected us, even though it was 100% illegal. How many judges were homophobes and how our our last son, I literally had to go to, like, I had to yell at a judge. And that was not easy, but he was a homophobe <laughs> and I called him out on it, basically, because he, at the very last minute, was going to try to step in and and get in the way of our adoption. Hmm. Uh, and thank God I did it when we did it because it was right before everything shut down. I don't even know what would have happened if we had hadn't been lucky enough to happen before all of COVID and, and that process just stopped. But our, our middle son, our second son, who was also the youngest, but like all of a sudden a certain therapist and certain social workers found out we were gay and then it became this problem. It was a fight. It was just a fight and mm-hmm. it's not supposed to happen anymore, but it does. And our, and government kind of allows it to happen because our rights have not been here that long you know, they, there's no. still a lot of deep-seated, systemic, acceptable things. It's going to take a very long time for those things to just kind of dissipate, if they ever dissipate completely. I mean, look mm-hmm. look where you live. Like, that's still going on. You know, it still happens. Um, it's awful. It's awful. And that's yeah. why I love Star Wars, because I can remember I'm always the rebellion, and um, I have to believe that things are going to get better, because if you don't believe things are going to get better, it's really hard to keep fighting. For me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely think that there, there, there's an entire um, generation, several mm-hmm. generations at this point, that have grown up identifying with rebellion yep. as being a good thing. Yep. <laughs> and and that has to affect that has to affect how people react to things. Yep. At this point, it certainly does for me. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I always I think I think to Luke. I know I might come across as really naive and I'm hopeful and I laugh and I giggle a lot and I do all those things, but don't ever think that when it comes the when the mat comes down, like I can quick I can I'm quick to fight. <laughs> and I'm not afraid. <laughs> yeah. I'm not afraid. You know, I had to. And we all have to. And mm-hmm. I always think I always thank Star Wars for that because you can rebel and you can fight for your rights and you can also do it looking cool with a lightsaber and still have fun. <laughs> and don't, and you know, Ewoks are also gay. Don't miss, don't think that the cute little Ewoks over there partying are going to, you know, just roll over for you. Cause they're the ones who are actually going to take you down. Just like, you and, know. and then they're going to cook you and eat you. Exactly. And you know what? There's a few of those judges out there and maybe past presidents. If I needed to eat you, you know what? I just might cook you up and eat you just <laughs> Just to say I did. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, my friend. I, I really appreciate you spending your time with me. Thank you for sharing your stories. I think, um, yeah, thank you. I think there's going to be some interesting points of view that you share <laughs> that I think are going to be great. Thank you. Um, where can people find you uh, for your artwork, for your your merch, all that stuff? I'll put it in the show notes below. So, um, um do all for the most part on Twitter at 
which is at Adam Graphite. Um, I'm on Instagram. I don't use it that often. Mm-hmm. Um, I used it a lot, and I, I'm I'm a little bit tired of how they're treating gay people mm-hmm. on that platform. Uh, yep. I'm not on. I'm, I have an account on Facebook, but they they cancel it every couple of days. Seriously, um, just because I never really use it. Yep. Um, but but uh, yeah, I'm on. I'm I am on on Instagram at Adam Graphite and Twitter at Adam Graphite. But uh, until Elon Musk takes over, <laughs> um, Twitter is probably the best place to find me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What is that going to look like? Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, luckily you can block people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but honestly, Twitter is, you know, when you, when you're drawing, uh, and any sort of adult oriented artwork, Twitter is literally the only place. Uh-huh. Tumblr's gone. Yep. Instagram is gone. Facebook was never there. Twitter, Twitter is literally the only place left. That's crazy. It is. It's, it's, uh, it's a little scary. <laughs> we'll we'll have something something new will pop up I think to bring back that freedom like something new will come. Mm-hmm. Twitter is a beast that's going to be really hard to fight against these days, but like it will come. Thank you so much, and um, may the force be with you. And we're back. We're back. Back streets back. All right. Actually, no more singing. No more singing. No. What? We got we got a lot of bad reviews last week. Wait, did people ever like our singing? I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they did, but like, I'm not lying. There was like 325 people Twitter saying, comments. "Don't, don't ever sing again. We're leaving your show. Cancel Pink Milk." But it's all part of the magic that is up. I, I, Us. <laughs> off. It's off. <laughs> it's off is what it is. <laughs> well, we can't make any promises that we'd ever be on, but we might sing here for here and there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Nobody really complained. Thomas, you know, actually, first, before I ask you anything, Adam, thank you so much. I really wanted to have that conversation with someone for a really long time. And... Um, it was great having it with you. And honestly, thank you so much for your art because it's beautiful. Now I really want to check out his paintings. Um, but Thomas, I don't think, I, I think you might blush if you saw his art. Hmm. But it's hot. Those okay. dudes. I'm still going to mm, look. <laughs> those dudes are so hot. Oh my God. Anyways, what are you going to do? Uh, do you have any plans for Pride Month, Thomas? <sighs> oh, I just know it's a, June is crazy busy for us here. Mm-hmm. Camp, kids. Practices, basketball games, family vacation. Okay, yeah, because all the sports sounds way too much for me. <laughs> Sorry. I think that's not gay enough. That's what happens vacation. when you have three boys. Yeah, vacation, though. We are going to go to Disneyland here in a few weeks. And uh, I just realized. And the I, beach. And the Don't beach. Forget the beach. Going to wear nothing but Speedos or banana hammocks. So there you go. That's what we're doing for mm-hmm. Pride. No, I just, <laughs> I'm, I, Thomas. We need to remember that Pride Month is about activism, mm-hmm. and um, I'm going to be an activist. Okay. While we're at Disneyland. Okay. I'm going to make it my mission, especially if I can do this in Galaxy's Edge somehow. I'm going to make a cast member say gay. That okay. way, Disney says gay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm gonna, it's my mission. It's okay to make them say gay. It's okay. Should some, I record this? Some may even say yay. Yay. 
Olay. Look at they. They they gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they'll say when they see us coming. Oh uh, <laughs> yes, that they will. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, and that's my mission now. Maybe and we'll have uh, pride shirts on when we go. I don't think we own any pride shirts. Ooh, that's not true. We're not good gays. I don't think we have any gay shirts. Well, that's because our kids go through shirts like there's they no do. tomorrow. Actually, and so do yeah. we. No, our friend Mark gave me one T-shirt where Cyclops spitting out a rainbow out of out of his uh, eyes. Okay, but it's like painted on, which actually probably makes it very gay. Mm-hmm. Like just paint on the shirt. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, until next week, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank don't, you. Don't forget to leave us a review. Subscribe to YouTube if you haven't already. Not about the singing, though. Unless it's to compliment us on having the guts to sing when we know we can't. Because wait, we can't. <laughs> I was raised on Karen Karen Carpenter, and I choose to sing. I sing out loud. I sing out strong. It does not matter if I'm good enough. <laughs> Or for anyone else to hear, I just need to sing, and I need to sing a song. Ding, ding, ding goes the trolley. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but don't forget to leave us a review on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Subscribe to YouTube and follow us at Serving Pink Milk on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And until next week, Thomas, are you ready? I'm ready, Brian. Let's drink up. Drink up.